You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Think again with Borderlands Cooperative. Join us for critical conversations about things that matter. Every Friday at 10am on 3CR Community Radio, 855am on your dial. And on 3CR Digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. So together, let's think again about important matters affecting us, like economics, politics, education, health, climate, and what we can do about it all. Welcome to our 142nd program of Think Again. Think Again is presented to you by Borderlands Cooperative, an organisation that has been dedicated to social change for 25 years. I'm Jacques Boulet. And I'm Jennifer Burrell. Today we're talking about the insidious corruption that's taken over our national politics and the open brazenness with which it happens. How are our federal politicians getting away with it? A cartoon by Kathy Wilcox captures it really well, I think. It has one little boy saying to another, quote, what do you want to get away with when you grow up? <laughs> Such mm. corruption is open theft and misuse of our public money for political advantage. These people are stealing our money, our trust and our democracy. Well, they're trying if we don't put up a fight. Yeah, and they're stealing our hope as well. Next week, Mm. a new book on this topic is coming out. It's titled Keeping Them Honest. And the subtitle reads, The Case for a Genuine National Integrity Commission and Other Vital Democratic Reforms. The authors are Stephen Charles QC, former judge at the Supreme Court of Victoria, now with the Accountable Roundtable, and the Centre for Public Integrity and Dr. Catherine Williams, previously at La Trobe University and our research director director at that centre. Mm-hmm. Blurb for the book, Keeping the Monarch, is refresh, refreshingly direct. And I quote, Over the last few years, instances of the federal government spending taxpayers' money to gain improper political advantage in elections have continued, with many hundreds of millions of dollars being spent in the Community Sports Infrastructure Program, also known as Sports Roads, and the Urban Congestion Fund, also known as Car Park Roads. As Stephen Charles QC writes, these electorally targeted pork-barreling exercises are better understood as political corruption, which can take many forms, but essentially involves dishonest conduct that undermines trust in our democratic democratic political system, unquote. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we couldn't say that better ourselves, really. Basically, we're governed by a corrupt government using corrupt and corrupting processes to stay in power, merely to stay in power. It's a government that in 2020 announced legislation for a Commonwealth Integrity Commission that was insipid, so insipid, yeah, or, that, or ineffective. That's right. According to Stephen Charles QC, and I quote him, that it would protect rather than expose ethical breaches by federal 
politician. So go figure. Yeah. And as we know, the proposal never reached Parliament anyway. Mm. And who can forget our PM's response when then New South Wales Premier Berejiklian was called to face the New South Wales version of an Integrity Commission, ICAC, for misdirection of public funds, effectively for channeling funds to her lover's electorate. PM denounced even the existence of such a commission. Yeah. Uh, the PM actually lamented the unfairness of it all and spoke as if the Premier was the victim of the cruel ICAC. Yeah. So today we're having a conversation about government corruption, about corrupt political processes involving governments and their elected members who forget to represent all of us as citizens mm. and who ignore our real interests and the problems facing the country and the world, I would add. As the mm. example cited by Justice Charles QC indicate, our government corruptly ignores the best information and expertise available to it to make decisions in the public interest. Yeah, like with climate change decisions, for example. Yeah, exactly. And then it lets firms off the hook who fraudulently give them uh, and f gives them fraudulently carbon credits which just came out mm. yesterday yeah <clears throat> so more broadly corruption that involves political processes and government policy being implemented in ways that are aimed for them to stay in power and being close to a federal election this is obviously a very timely conversation that we're having now Jacques yeah, let's first take a step back and have a look at what corruption really means. Mm -hmm. The Oxford Languages Dictionary defines to corrupt, and I quote, as having or showing a willingness to act dishonestly in return for money or personal gain, mm -hmm. unquote. The Oxford offers a few examples to that, and they are quite pertinent. And I quote, Unscrupulous logging companies assisted by corrupt officials, as one example of corruption. And another mm -hmm. one, there is a continuing fear of firms corrupting politicians in the search for contracts. Mm, and very relevant examples. Exactly. Yeah. The latter point quite clearly at a vast army of lobbyists at work in the seats of our political power holders. The dictionary also gives the archaic meaning of the word corrupt. And I quote again, in a state of decay, rotten or putrid, a corrupt and rotting corpse. <laughs> Which probably gives a good feel of what we're talking about, perhaps the putrid rotting of democracy. <laughs> yeah, I think so. So whilst decay and rotting used to relate to organic matter, when corruption mm. by and in governments reaches a certain level, a democracy can also be regarded as rotting. When mm -hmm. voters, the, the people or the demos in the word democracy, have no more meaningful input in and control over the decisions governments are making. Yeah, so I guess it would be fair to say this kind of corruption is much broader than a narrow legalistic meaning where an individual wrongdoing is identified or dealt with. Yeah, the more insidious corruption we're talking about has become intrinsic and widespread, 
It's an ongoing feature of how government decisions are made and political processes are conducted. So, Jacques, you're suggesting this is becoming almost normal? Yes. Truth and transparency and accountability have almost fully disappeared. Just remember the sports roads or the other road episodes. Yeah, not to mention community development, which doesn't get mentioned so often either. That's right. Several billions of dollars. (laughs) That's exactly right. Mm. On that note, let's go to some music very appropriately. Dirty Dollar by Kev Carmody.
You're listening to Think Again, 3CR 855 AM on your dial, 3CR Digital, and streaming at 3cr.org.au. Today we're talking about the widespread corruption of government and democratic process in Australia. Yeah, and we're not just talking about straightforward pork barrelling, which is bad enough and pretty brazen these days. The rot of corruption has really infiltrated our society in the ways our society is being conducted in favour of the wealthiest in a lot of different ways. Yeah, yeah. just look at the nation's institutions and their decision-making processes. Yeah, like what do you mean by that, Jacques? Well, the one most talked about is our taxation system with tax Mm -hmm. breaks and concessions for the rich and nothing for the poor. Then there is the way policies and programs are implemented and how public resources and funds are being redistributed. All Mm -hmm. are overwhelmingly geared to serving the interests of the wealthiest individuals, populations and corporations. Mm -hmm. And, of course, all these institutions and processes largely serve the interests of political parties in power in particular. So just think how the once politically neutral public service became politicised through political appointments with the governments appointing people deemed to be on the government's side of politics. Mm-hmm. And from my recollection, that really took off under the Howard Liberal government a couple yes, of decades did. ago. Yeah, mm-hmm, It did. And more and more we've seen our public institutions like the ATO, the Taxation Office, distribute resources supporting political parties and the populations they think or hope will re-elect them. The Australian Institute just has released uh, new uh, research about that, by the way. Mm. So who has released that? Uh, Australian Institute. Okay. So the corruption is much more entrenched and under the radar than Uh, direct revenue allocations in the federal budget or payments following disasters, for example, which we know more about. Mm -hmm. Yes, and to tease this out a little bit, a Canadian government document discussing the various kinds of corruption refers to systemic corruption as follows, and I quote, systemic corruption exists where corruption is pervasive or entrenched in a society. In other words, It exists where it is routine in dealings between the government and private individuals or businesses. Significantly, Mm -hmm. systemic corruption also includes the legal bodies regulating these processes and relationships. Judges, for example, may invoke formalities and declare attempts to maintain justice as illegal or inappropriate. Yeah, so no justice. Like the recent travesty, Jacques, of a a High Court appeals ruling effectively saying that the Australian Environment Minister does not have a duty of care to protect young people from the anticipated effects of global warming. So the Environment Minister doesn't have a duty of care. Um, For example, when assessing fossil fuel developments... And yes. you wonder, Jacques, you wonder, Jacques, if the Environment yes. Minister doesn't have that duty of care, who does? That's correct. Care is probably not a word often used with governments anyway. And that, that particular thing was overturning, that particular uh, ruling from by the High Court was overturning a lower court's decision 
that and you did an interview with that Jen, I remember uh, about last mm-hmm. last June it was, wasn't it? That's that right. one of the eight activist students and a lawyer representing them. Yes, I remember it well. And the fight does still go on, in this case against the mammoth dollar power of the fossil fuel industry. So it's not a small fight either. Mm, Of course, we have a word for governments, government by and for the wealthy. Yeah, and the word is not democracy, by the way. No, No, it is plutocracy. Plutocracy, let me get that right. Thank you, Jacques. Plutocracy. (laughs) And that is certainly where we're at now. QC Charles, he actually referred to the need for vital democratic reforms, implying that we're momentarily in a rather dysfunctional democracy in Australia. Mm, Well, definitely money plays a huge distorting role in Australian politics. Danielle Wood from the Grattan Institute wrote about this in The Age, a really good article um, on the 15th of February, though she does really focus on the health of the um, economy. But she said that Australia lacks the necessary rules to reduce the risk of political donations with no limits to how much money can flow to federal political candidates or parties, which is astonishing, and so little transparency that we can't even be sure who the largest donors are. So the sectors apparently donating most money are those that are potentially affected most by government decisions. And they are one, mining, two, gambling, and three, property and construction. Mm. Mm. As the Grattan Institute's research confirms, as a result of these corporate donations to political parties, Australians are said to be living with permanently heightened risk For example, in areas like climate policy, where it's obvious, housing, tax, they're all areas that we have actually raised concern about in Think Again programs previously. Yeah, that's right. And Daniel Wood, she also explains how corruption by big money translates into less core funding in areas like health and education, which we hear less about, Jacques, and Mm -hmm. less funding for projects that would improve the lives of citizens and give them more opportunity to participate in community life and in government decision-making. So corruption, it's diverting funds away from where we really need it Mm -hmm. and it influences the level and type of government spending with tax breaks for mates and by channelling money into projects for friends, as we saw with Berejiklian, and benefactors Mm -hmm. and into those electorates sympathetic to the government or in the case of marginal seats, which you hear a lot about these days just before the federal election, in the case of marginal seats, voters uh, funds can be channelled to voters that need to be held or won over in the next election. You're listening to Think Again on 3CR Radical Radio, 8.55am on your dial and streaming at 3cr.org.au. Today we're talking about corruption in Australia brought on by the distorting influence of wealth and the quest for power by politicians who are meant to govern for all of us. Mm. To continue our discussion and for people who are still wondering, the corruption by big money is largely why the federal government continues to support the fossil fuel industry to this day with Mm. tax breaks, 
and go ahead for fossil digging, fracking, gas lit recovery and other fossil burning projects way into the future. And as the Liberal Party pretends that we will need coal anyway, well beyond 2050. Yeah, it's just devastating. And, and of course, none of these pronouncements by the federal government would mm-hmm. console the UN Secretary-General, mm-hmm. who recently criticised Australia quite openly for being a laggard in, commi- in refusing to commit to reduce carbon emissions in a meaningful way. Mm-hmm. So we're pretty much internationally being seen as a bad global citizen refusing to pull us all back from the brink. Yeah, as well as big money, some might point to certain national and liberal electorates where people are still partly dependent on the fossil fuel industry for a living. But really, with the required political will, we could look at the just transition to alternative energy that at least tries not to leave anyone behind. Unfortunately, the political will is following the dirty money. Yeah. And Jacques, we've seen the same thing with the gambling industry. So you and I, we've we carried out a lot of mm-hmm. research and policy work relating to gambling in the past. And the truth is, we've known from solid research evidence, all types of research evidence for many years now, at least from the 1990s, that contemporary poker machines actually induce gambling addiction, or at least uncontrolled gambling. They lead people to lose control. Poker machines are actually designed to lead a high proportion of people who use them on a regular basis, exactly as they're meant to be used, uh, leads them to eventually lose control of their gambling. And we had mm-hmm. that from solid research, even from a professor who um, was based in Sydney, who was funded by the gambling industry. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I think he's famous. Right. In fact, about 60% of revenue from the machines comes from people who have lost control of their gambling due to the design of the machines and their software. But as we and many others predicted, the Victorian government and many other governments became addicted to the revenue and can't seem to let it go. So addicted to the revenue, I guess that's through a couple of ways. It's through taxation revenue, but Mm -hmm. it's also Mm -hmm. through donations from the gambling industry. That's right. Mm. And the gambling industry has certainly had a disproportionate influence on government policy and regulation relating to poker machines and also to the operations of Crown Casino in Victoria and Star Casino in New South Wales. And this became pretty clear through the work of the Royal Commission in Victoria and the inquiry in New South Wales, and no one should have been surprised at their findings. And as was predicted a long time ago, the new casinos have attracted criminal players wanting to launder their money. And somehow regulation and oversight of this became lax, uh, with ASIC um, tasked to do this heavily criticised. It does give one pause to think how much of this gambling money, how much of the gambling money channelled to governments has come from criminal origins, really. So using Kev Carmody's phrase, how much of this money has been dirty money. Mm. And as one example of gambling industry influence over government policy, Crown Casino fought tooth and nail for many years, from the time when uh, Julia Gillard was PM, against Mm. making poker machines a bit safer 
by putting in place the ability for gamblers to pre-commit the amount of money that they want, that they were prepared to lose. Yeah. Uh, so it became a voluntary scheme, which was totally ineffective and preserved the industry's profits. Yeah, and that's because profits were largely are largely dependent on gamblers losing control. That's right. And yes. developing gambling problems. Mm, exactly. But now following the Royal Commission and one of its key recommendations, Crown is at last being forced to have a pre-commitment scheme. Suddenly though, the industry now shifts its concern to gambling gambler protection in all venues. And I point out the danger, they call it, that gamblers on machines in all other venues would receive the same protection. And <laughs> that's right. Um, and that's, the, of course, Shark, the casino making that argument because they have that's correct, you know, yeah. over 2,500 of the machines mm -hmm. and they want all the clubs and hotels mm -hmm. to right. um, implement the same program to protect gamblers right. mm -hmm. um, and at the same time, which incidentally also lowers profits. <laughs> so, yeah, as mentioned before, along with wealth, the other corrupting influence on government is power. For example, when political power, that is. For example, when governments channel funds into certain electorates to buy votes and win election or re-election, effectively spending public money to further their own power. Yeah. We've spoken about this in past programs too. In June and November 2020, we talked about rorting and pork barreling, uh, particularly also of the community development funds, into the billions. Mm -hmm. And in yeah. September 2020, we talked about tax breaks for the rich. And, and finally, in January and you know, April 2021, we talked about the arbitrary ways bushfire recovery funds have been distributed or not distributed. This yeah. practice has received a lot of attention in the mainstream press because it didn't stop the Prime Minister trying it again. Recently, with emergency disaster payments in certain areas affected by the catastrophic floods, the payments were to go to people in the Liberal seats uh, areas or areas of Lismore, Richmond Valley and the Clarence Valley, and not to people experiencing the same devastation in labour-held areas of Tweed, Ballina and Byron Shire. This decision was reversed only after public outrage and disgust from the PM's own ranks, New South Wales mm. Liberals and Nationals. Yeah, so I suppose hopefully the political tide at last seems to be turning, Shark. No, so, for, yes, mm. and for our community announcement, uh, the Human Rights Law Centre has a petition to reset our democracy by stamping out corruption and having strong laws for accountability overseen by an integrity watchdog with teeth mm -hmm. and also ending the relationship of cash for access. So harmful mm -hmm. industries, and we give obviously fossil fuel industries as an example, so harmful industries can't give big donations to politicians in exchange for secret meetings and political favours. Mm -hmm. You can sign the petition at www.hrlc, which is Human Rights Law Centre. So it's www.hrlc.org.au forward slash our dash democracy dash 
petition. And I'll put that link on our program page. Mm -hmm. Good. Uh, and probably uh, we will certainly continue to talk about this corruption in, in the way up to the election. For now, thanks for listening to Think Again on 3CR Community Radio. If you want to comment on today's program, you can email Borderlands. Borders at borderlands.org.au Our past programs are available on podcast and the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au And thanks again to Clive Bourne for recording and technical production. Meanwhile, stay tuned for Jailbreak, which gives a voice to our sisters and brothers in prison. To bring us into this program, we continue with Dirty Dollar by Kev Carmody.